They've watched Citizen Kane a combined 200 times. Elliot's first words were, I personally thought the use of Dutch angles was derivative in the 400 blows. In Nathan's favorite historical figure is Fritz Lang. Now they're bringing that snootiness to you with Magellan's at the Movies. All right, here we go. Here we go. Is that it? Are we starting? Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm excited. I'm excited about the movie. I'm we also, have to, I, we have to, wait, wait, we have to thank Jake for the lovely introduction. Yep. Thank you, Jake, as always, again, for coming now, and driving. As in. per his contract, mm-hmm. Jake will retreat to a corner of the room and watch the proceedings in total silence. Yep. We really appreciate his dedication. Uh, and and his ability to say the exact same thing with the exact same tone and inflection time after time. Yeah, it's really, uh, yeah, because he's he says everything and performs all of the instruments every time. It's really an accomplishment, in my opinion. He should be the star of the show. He should ma- be making his own podcast. I agree. I agree. I'd also like to give a shout out to anyone who's listening in Belgium, because we've got we've got someone who listened to both episodes in belgium so hey hey thanks belgian fans fan it's one one person i think thanks belgian fans probably the belgian president could be if he speaks english and likes movies then yeah it could be him could be him all right i think that's enough of the bantering so today we're we're talking about a bit of an indie film, a bit of a cult cult classic, I think is what a lot of people consider it. It's um <laughs> it's Star Wars, the original Star Wars, New Hope. Gosh. Elliot's really excited. We're gonna try our best to just talk about this movie. Obviously, Star Wars has quite a bit of nonsense attached to it now. A lot of movies, a lot of discourse from a lot of people, I would say, unqualified to join in the Star Wars discourse. So now here's two more voices to join into that discourse. Unqualified. I don't know. We've seen the movies, so we're sort of qualified. Yeah, and we're going to limit it to just this one. Yeah, I mean, okay. (laughs) That means Elliot is not allowed to make sarcastic comments about other films whose quality you know could be anything we don't know oh my good lord for this for this review elliot you got to put yourself in the shoes you're a little tyke in 1977 you just got done hitting a hula hoop with a stick for six hours because you have nothing better to do and your rich friend bobby who can afford the 50 cent movie tickets comes to say he just saw something that was even cooler than Buck Rogers or whatever doofus thing you like. And I say, Bobby, you're back from the you're back from the war. Have you been kicking it to those darn rebels down in the south? I said 1977, didn't I? Yeah, well, you also said that I was hitting a hoop with a <laughs> stick. 
<laughs> that's something people do. which hasn't anyway. been in vogue since like I think that's what Jesus did to entertain himself when he was growing up. Could be, could be. All right. Well, let's do a bit of a a bit of an intro for anyone who's not familiar. I did the research for this. 20, 23 years of research. I've spent my whole life researching Star Wars. So Star Wars 1977 film obviously kickstarted the entire Star Wars universe. It was nominated for one, two. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten Oscars, as well as one special achievement Oscar because they didn't have best sound design yet. Um, it won looks like six of the ten, losing out in all of the major categories. So it lost best picture famously to Annie Hall. Uh, Lucas lost best director to Woody Allen as well. And he lost best screenplay to Woody Allen. So really tough. Congratulations, Woody, you absolute monster. But anyway, let's uh let's dive in. Let's start. Let's start. Elliot, what do you what do you think of Star Wars A New Hope, the original? It's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's a fun enough movie. Luke is a really annoying character, but it's funny how he's he he it's funny how he gets in the way. You know, my favorite line from this movie is him just saying, what's that flashing? And like <laughs> sticking his arm in front of Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon. But I mean, I, I can appreciate, there's a lot I can appreciate and respect about Star Wars. It's just that I think Star Wars has sort of become a victim of its own success because it's so ubiquitous and it's so influential that if you don't see it first, when you come back to it, it seems like the most rote, tired, cliche space opera you could possibly imagine. And I don't, you know, it's sort of hard to objectively view it through that lens. I'm not saying that when I, I don't remember how old I was when I saw this. I don't think I was at an age where I was using words like rote, cliche, or, or tired. You, you might have been. I remember you saying that when we were, you know, 10 and 8. I, I could remember. Yeah, this episode of uh, Rescue Heroes is really rote. <laughs> yeah, I think but, I, I mean, that. Darth Vader's a really cool character. James Earl Jones does an incredible performance. Unlike some of his other work, All right? Hey, hey, no. uh, uh, I love Alec Guinness, despite in spite of having only seen him in like two movies. He's a great actor. Uh, there's a lot of actors in this movie who are like way better than than what this movie the than the type of caliber of actor that you would have expected a movie with a budget like this and with a concept like this coming out at a time like it was to have actually been able to pull. Yeah. I mean, Alec Guinness, James Earl, James Earl Jones wasn't huge yet, but he, I mean, he was decent. Peter Cushing. I'm pretty sure Peter Cushing had been Dracula. He had been famous. So he might've been a bit past his time in some sense, but he was a big, he was a big name too. Um, Harrison Dude, Ford no was not a nobody at this point. Kind of thing. I think that's pretty much it. But yeah, certainly Peter Cushing and Alec Guinness feel very out of place in this very pulpy sci-fi 
adventure movie and here's two prestigious British actors from the theater, basically. Dude, if I had cheekbones like Peter Cushing, I would not be afraid of Darth Vader either. I would, I, those, those are the types of cheekbones that can deflect lightsabers, I'm telling you. Vader would try to decapitate him and he would just be like, pathetic. <laughs> um, I find it interesting that you say, so do you think, because obviously you watched Star Wars as a kid, because I watched Star Wars as a kid. But do you think there's still, do you think you still watch it as a kid or you watch it more as like, yeah, okay, it's Star Wars. Like, I, you know, because I That's feel like I still watch Very strange question. Well, because I'm just asking because I feel like I still watch it. Like, every time I see this movie, I, everything goes away. I'm just I am not away. transported, no, when I watch mm-hmm. this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a fun adventure. Uh, obviously, John Williams, this is him, like, at the height of his powers. Uh, there's a lot of really cool practical effects in this. I really like uh, how they did the um, space stuff by mm-hmm. sort of, like, hanging up miniatures and just moving the camera around it to create the illusion of motion. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, like I said, there's a lot that I appreciate about this film. The film itself is not necessarily one of them. Yeah, and I think I definitely agree with what you're saying about, like, because I think I hear most often from peers who, like you said, saw Star Wars after they saw maybe the new Star Wars movies or after just, you know, one of the billions of parodies of Star Wars And they're kind of like, yeah, okay, that was, you know, Star Wars. Yeah, it had all the moments. It had the opening, the Star Wars opening. That was the Star Wars opening. It's got the last second trench run. You're like, yep, seen this. And so I I do think it's really testing my commitment to not making comments about other Star Wars movies. (laughs) Okay, well, just keep keep restraining yourself. I'm so proud of you. But it's. I do think it's very hard to put yourself back and be like this at the time was just such an amazing shift in all of these ways and everything they did in this movie. I'm trying not to gush because I don't want you to come over here and rain on my grave. But this movie is such a perfect encapsulation of all of the things that George Lucas was trying to pull from. And he does such a phenomenal job with the help of other people constraining him. (laughs) (laughs) He does such a phenomenal job of bringing those to what was then, right, the modern era, bringing the influences of Kurosawa, the Kurosawa movies that he was pulling from, bringing the pulp sci-fi from like Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers, being able to bring all these things together into something that is like you said, I mean, it's just a simple, fun adventure movie. Like, all of the Star Wars movies that came after get significantly more complicated, except maybe Force Awakens, I would say. And this one is just so straightforward. It's so simple. And I think it just absolutely pays off on its premise in spades. And every time I watch it, I'm just like, wow, this is just so much fun and so crazy. And yeah, I love listening to Luke be just an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I meant to say um, that 
if you watch this when it came out, and a lot of people did, I mean, it absolutely exploded. Uh, you had never really seen anything like this, unless you had seen the Hidden Fortress, in which case you probably thought that Kurosawa was going to sue George Lucas for intellectual property theft. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. even then, it's just like, a, I don't know why I'm talking about the Hidden Fortress, because nobody's seen that except you and me. I'm sure some uh, people have. Um, yeah, whatever. It's He just like took some concepts and story beats. Yeah. Would you say that Star Wars... Let me ask you this. Do you think that Star Wars is science fiction or fantasy? Because if it's science fiction, it is absolutely soft science fiction. It is not hard science fiction in any way. No, it's very much... I think the two terms that are... I mean, space fantasy is obviously the term that I would say it's most couched in. Because it is so obviously infused with all of these, it, with more ideas of fantasy than sci-fi. I think of sci-fi as like we're stretching the limits of human endeavors and sort of seeing where humanity falls into that, right? Like 2001, Star Trek, it's like, oh, we're here on the, on the very precipice of this huge thing. And where is humanity's place in all this? Whereas Star Wars is much more just, you know, here's an evil, dark, evil guy with an evil looking lightsaber. And it's red. <laughs> yeah. And here's, you know, Joe, good guy from the desert farming planet. And he's got his magic wizard <laughs> guardian that it's it's much more informed by those things. By that wizard's folks. just a crazy old man. In fact, the original uh, thing that Obi-Wan would say when he met uh, Luke for the first time was literally word for word what Gandalf says to Bilbo in The Hobbit, where Bilbo's like, oh, good morning. Gandalf's like, do you mean the morning is good? Do you, are you wishing me? Like that whole thing, that was in the movie originally. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, but it just shows like he was much more pulling from fantasy in terms of when he was thinking about this and planning this than he was pulling from sci-fi. Right. And I would also, I'd just say, in my opinion, the crew of this movie might be the most talented crew ever assembled for a film. I mean, like you said, John Williams, I don't know if he ever gets much better than this score. The guys working on the special effects invented new way, like new cameras that are still used today to film the miniatures and stuff. Ben Burt, the guy who made the sound effects, I, I don't think there's any sound effect more iconic than Vader's breathing. And even some of the other sound effects like Chewbacca's roar. What about the Wilhelm scream? Well, maybe, but I, that's not as associated with like one thing right, right? like right. that's just a sound effect you hear vader's breathing and you know it's vader the wilhelm sound effect is just like oh that's kind of goofy or that's funny but even the other things like chewbacca's roar the sound of the tie fighters the sound of 
I mean, even just like doors open, like I watch Clone Wars and I hear the blasters going off and I'm like, it's Star Wars. Like the sound effects are so iconic and they haven't changed in the same way that, right, you watch Star Trek now, the sound effects are completely different from the sound effects they used then. But Burt was able to, able to make all of these fantastic science fiction sounds that still to this day sound, you know, science fiction. They didn't need to be changed because they sounded like a guy saying meow or something. <laughs> I mean, I'm honestly surprised that you haven't brought this up yet and that I'm having to do it. But the opening, the only part of that, the this there's a book called How Star Wars Conquered the Galaxy or something. And the only part of it I read was the opening where the author was trying to find like a true Star Wars novice, somebody who had never mm. seen anything who knew literally nothing about star wars and he like sent the word out and he got a lot of people who had never seen the movie but everyone knew about it and there was this one guy wasn't he from like uh like a native american tribe yeah or something a very isolated like somebody who is completely disconnected from like modern life who had seen an X-Wing before. Like he yeah. was as close as you, as he could get somebody who knew nothing about star Wars and he still knew something about star Wars. That's the level to which star Wars has infiltrated culture, not even like American culture or film cur- culture, but human <laughs> civilization. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's in that book, since you mentioned it, he goes over how, Lucas was told by some guy that he's like, look, in the first 10 minutes of your movie, that's when you hook people. That's when you really need to get them. And then he went through like everything that's in the first 10 minutes of Star Wars and how all of it is just perfectly structured to hook people in and make them care about this whole universe, which people still write. Lucas made an entire universe that people to this day get way too into (laughs) but these first 10 minutes are just this flawless structure of intro introducing you know very simple ideas that then are just so expansive when lucas was making the clone war shorts with gendy tarkovsky in like the early 2000s so like the original clone war shorts right they they went for lunch one day and Tarkovsky was kind of talking to Lucas about his design, like how he made stuff. And Lucas had this quote where he said, if you throw a puppy into traffic, he's like, that's instant for everyone. Like everyone sees that and they instantly understand like what emotion you're trying to convey and what idea you're trying to convey. And they're instantly locked in. I mean, most people, if you're really anti-dog, maybe you're like cheering, but even then like a puppy And I think Star Wars is so much built on these ideas, right? That it's just the simplest thing, like Luke looking at the double sunset. It's just the simplest thing, but everyone can get it. Everyone sees that and they hear the music and they're like, yeah, he wants to leave Tatooine. It helps that he just said it, but that's the shot that sticks with people. And there's so many parts of Star Wars that are built on just the simplest idea done so well that it sticks with people and they, you know, and it just kept going. And yeah, like you said, now it's ubiquitous. I mean, everyone knows Star Wars. 
Yeah, it's so simple. It's it's so simple. You might even call it simplistic. I'm that's I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I I have no I have no beef with this movie. I know that uh, that I am just a grouchy, irritating old man (laughs) in a grouchy, irritating young man's body that nobody really wants to listen to. And I I, I can accept someone in Belgium. Someone That's true. The, uh, the the Belgian prime minister, Alexander de Croo, he wants to listen to me. Alex, I got you. Yeah. Me and Alex. Me and Alex are on the same page when it comes to Star Wars. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Think about the scroll of this first one. Like, Lucas's, I've seen Lucas's original version of the scroll, and it's just way too cluttered. It's like three times as long. Like the book of Genesis. Yeah, it's huge. And other people came in, and this is what happened with the movie, too, is other people came in and rewrote things, so it was good. And so they rewrote it, so it was, you know, right, this very short thing. And that was what Lucas really needed for this whole movie, was just people, he had all the right ideas, he just needed people to, like, execute those ideas well. That, like, he had the right idea with Han Solo, he needed other people to write funny, charismatic lines, because he couldn't. He had the idea of Obi-Wan. He needed Alec Guinness to rewrite his own lines so that the <laughs> character wasn't just, you know, this boring. Why am I nothing. just quoting The Hobbit? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else that you think you could say about the film? Or? Uh, just that, I mean, honestly, it's it's amazing that it works as well as it does, even for me, because there's a lot of things about it that are quite silly. Like the stormtroopers are absolutely incompetent running around bashing their heads on doorways, failing to shoot people. When I rewatched this for the podcast, when they're sh- they're in the shootout in the the prison level and the hallway is just a straight hallway. I mean, it's hard to miss, but they yeah. find a way. And when like Chewbacca's in the hallway, he takes up like 80%. You have to aim to miss Chewbacca, I'm thinking, and somehow they manage to. But see, that's the thing. You know, Star Wars isn't like, isn't trying to craft tension in the way that a lot of movies are. It's trying to, its main concern is with a sense of like wonder and discovery and exploration, that kind of thing. And I think that it does that to a respectable uh, degree. Yeah, I think one other thing I would highlight beyond just like a very basic, like obviously, I mean, these are classic characters. I love Leia. She's so, as soon as she shows up and she's just bashing Chewbacca and Han constantly, it's just the funniest thing to me. Han is fantastic. Harrison Ford does such a great job with a character he would then spend his life playing. (laughs) Uh, Luke, he's dumb, but I think he's, you know, got such an every man quality about him that I find very nice. And obviously, I, I, if I saw if I saw something flashing in the shuttle in the cockpit of a spaceship, I would definitely ask about it. Point it out. What's yeah. the other thing? Well, when he says "I care," <laughs> your Leia's. <laughs> I think your friend only cares about money. I care. <laughs> uh, like, another thing that's a little bit weird about this movie is the fight between obi-wan and vader it's not awful but i mean it's it's really (laughs) let's call it restrained i mean there's there's a part 
Alec Guinness does like a spin move. <laughs> it's 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 very amusing. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned the Hidden Fortress, and there's an extended fight in the Hidden Fortress that has a very similar vibe that I think he was going for the same vibe in this. But the fight in that one is also like very lame and it's not very exciting. Well, it lasts a really long time. Yeah, it lasts long. It really drags the movie down. So this fight, I don't think is too bad. I will say, I don't think this movie has fared super well in terms of aging with the growing canon. That there's certainly elements that you're like, um, that's not true. Or like, that's, you know, that given what we know now, like, you know, that's some nonsense. Certain other people have made things that don't jive quite well with this. Yeah. But the other thing that I would call attention to that I think is just so fantastic is the editing, especially in the final sequence. I mean, the final sequence just does a phenomenal job of building up, like you said, not necessarily tension, but just this sense of like adventure and rising action by cutting between, right? Tarkin, the trench, Leia. And even though it's like these very simple things, the editing in the sequence is just fantastic. I mean, so many other people since then have done the, you know, last second trench run or last second whatever. And I don't think it's ever been as good as it is in this film. That just the inner cutting between all of the different pieces is so good and it's fully in the editing. I mean, Lucas did Diddly Squat and his wife who did the editing and also the only Lucas to ever win an Academy Award, funnily enough, for the editing mm. um, was part of the team that really put this movie together in such, I mean, such a fantastic way. Well, that's one last thing that I'll say about this movie is that we've talked at some length about the influences of samurai cinema on this movie, uh, mostly from Kurosawa, but from other places as well. I'm assuming I'm not actually that well versed on samurai cinema, but I have seen my fair share of Westerns. Mm. And I think that the action, like the, the shootouts in this movie are straight out of a Western because there's not a, an old Western that is because there's not a great sense of like geography and just the way that it's filmed. It's all like static shots of somebody will shoot and then it'll cut to the person getting shot and dying in very dramatic fashion, (laughs) like throwing themselves to the ground, arms flailing everywhere. It, It is very Western. Yeah. Well, again, he was he was able to just phenomenally pull from all of these influences that he had to the point that, I mean, they try and pull from those influences now with the modern stuff. And it just it, they don't they can't. I don't think they very often pull it off in the same way. Well, it feels like it feels like they're trying to do. We should probably cut all this because it, it's very irrelevant, but it feels like they're trying to make westerns in the style of the star wars western it feels like they've only seen star wars they haven't actually seen that many westerns yeah they're working with just a a buffer between them and their actual inspiration yeah yeah (laughs) that doesn't have anything to do with anything yeah i found it interesting i might keep it in oh great 
Okay, so I think uh, we can go to scores. I can go first. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I'd say it's it's like a nine. It's a. I'd say it's like a nine point two five. I mean, really, the only points that come off are for as phenomenally paced as this is. Uh, there are some moments where it's kind of like, okay, let's you know, let's scooch along here. Let's not be spending as much time and obviously if you have to watch the special edition it's like an 8.75 cuz everything added there is just absolute dribble and is just ruins the pacing of in my opinion one of the best paced movies of all time but it's fantastic i love this movie every time i watch it i'm like a you know as soon as the pan down and then Tantive 4 comes across the screen and I know how they film the shot. Like that part of my brain turns off and I'm like, dude, he went into space. He went into space and he made this and that's how he shot it. Cause I don't know how he could have shot it otherwise. I'm just filled with a sense of childlike glee, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> and then here I come. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, hmm. <laughs> I'll give it a B minus. You know, I, I mean, there, like I said, I, I, there's, I've really already said everything that there is to say about this movie for me. It's a movie that I respect in a lot of ways. It's a movie that I can appreciate the influence that it's had, it's had even on movies down the line that I like much better, not, Star Wars movies, I will <laughs> I hasten to add not other Star Wars movies, but uh, you know, other movies that are really good or that I find really good. And uh, yeah, for everyone out there who uh, really loves this movie, I, I say go for it. I, I always it I'm I'm just happy to let everyone else be happy with what they want to watch. And I will be happy with what I want to watch. And that usually does not include Star Wars. I think that's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, now it's uh, now it's time for recommendations. Right. So you can go first since you said this is influenced. So maybe some of those movies that it influenced are one of your recommendations. Uh, no, actually, I'm going a little bit unorthodox here. Uh, I'm going to say that if you like this movie for and the other Star Wars movies for uh, this expansive uh, epic saga with a diverse cast of likable characters and a lot of rich history of the world and crucially a sense of adventure and wonder, I'm going to say you should watch Lord of the Rings. Sure. I think that Lord of the Rings brings a lot of that same uh, material to the table. And I absolutely adore Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, I, this movie, in terms of its essence, in a lot of ways, is much more, owes a lot more to fantasy and samurai movies and then lord of the rings specifically obviously since he was going to rip off the hobbit he's read lord of the rings <laughs> but yeah that's a great pick lord of the rings is fantastic when we get when we review lord of the rings boy that 
that'll be an episode. <laughs> it'll take forever. All three episodes in the same. It'll be our special extended edition. Right. <laughs> extended three-hour edition. Oh, One hour for each movie. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a bit in the opposite direction. I'm gonna say, and this is maybe a bit. I would say if you liked this movie and you like the style of sort of film of this, I would recommend watching a Kurosawa movie. The because these are the movies that Lucas watched in film school that influenced what he would then make. And so I would say you should maybe watch The Hidden Fortress is obviously the one that cues closest to New Hope. I don't really love that movie a ton though. <laughs> So I would recommend instead something like The Seventh Samurai, which is an iconic film and kind of created the action film genre in a lot of ways. Or Yojimbo, which I don't know if I'm pronouncing correctly, but that's another movie, very simple, very well done. It influenced a lot of Westerns, influenced Star Wars, and it's just a really fun, fun film that I think everyone should watch. Well, that's pretty much uh, it for... Us, do we have a segment after this? Oh, no, we don't. No, we just uh, wrap it up. Say goodbye to everyone. Goodbye to Belgian Prime Minister Alexander de Croo. Good to see you. Good to have yep. you on board. Friend of the channel, Alexander de Croo. <laughs> Friend of the podcast, Alexander. Yep. Yeah. I'll talk, I'll talk to you after this is done, Alex, okay? I'll send you an email. <laughs> oh, I have received some... Uh, complaints that we don't have an outro so i think in lieu of an outro elliot just say an iconic catchphrase an iconic catchphrase your from iconic movie? no from you from me yeah okay uh life is hard and full of disappointments <laughs> oh i say that quite a bit <laughs> <laughs> all right perfect okay life is hard full of disappointments we'll see you next time at the movies <laughs>